Amen. Amen. Right on. Right on. Guys, good morning, everybody. My name is Casey Carter. I, ha- I have seen some new faces that uh, I have not seen. I haven't been to a, an AM Shawnee campus service in almost, well, gosh, three months. We, have, we, have, uh, we started three months ago in, in the city of Edgerton. We, we planted the, the, our very first campus out of the Shawnee campus in Edgerton, Kansas, January 11th. And uh, guys, I want to talk to you a little bit about what's going on, but uh, man, it's so great to see some new faces and stuff like that, that that I have not seen. I can't wait to get to know some of you guys. And uh, But thank you guys for coming in. Thank you guys for what you're doing. And overall, thank you, Shawnee Campus, for the generosity that you have continued that, that, that started really three years ago. I mean, three years ago, we had three churches that came together and formed New City Church, a Westside family. Out of Lenexa, we had Restore Community in Park Hill, and we have uh, Olathe Bible in, well, Olathe. And they, they, they three different denominations coming together and, and forming one church is almost unheard of. It's very, very rare. In fact, someone told me recently that there's another church in town that's kind of similar, but it is so rare in our country for different denominations to come together and, and, and form one church that it's like unheard of because for, for many of us, in the, in the church world, we're kind of territorial, aren't we? We're kind of the, the kind of people that, that say, this is our church. We've got to maintain who we are. We don't want to really uh, really be, you know, connect with other churches. I mean, what are they going to do? They're different denominations. They're different things. I mean, oh, my gosh, they may have communion every week or something like that. What are we going to do, right? I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen, you know, when churches get together. So in, in a lot of ways, from a cultural standpoint, it's a little bit, little bit risky. But Westside and Restore and, and Olathe the Bible were, were generous enough. They thought more enough. They thought more about who God really is in his kingdom enough to, to get together and start and plant this crazy church in a theater. Right? Three years later, this crazy church plant in a theater that's connected so well with the community, that is connected so well with the governing bodies of the community, that was connected so well with the schools. In fact, this whole Shawnee days is such a huge deal because we are the, the main stage sponsor. New City Church. I mean, give me right? Right? Come on, man. Are you kidding me? That don't happen in churches, baby. That don't happen. It's, it's crazy to think what's going on. So when we start thinking about what happened three years ago, the generosity that was given to us and the generosity that New City Church in Shawnee has gathered together to start this uh, new crazy church in Edgerton, right? Charlie Trotner, am I right? It's crazy down there, right? It's insane. It's awesome. I mean, when we started a year ago, you, you saw the message. You saw the video. You saw the, 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 the painstaking faces of Richard and Nancy Hull who along with Helen, Helen uh, Ballard and, and Leota Brandt and, and folks like Sherry Stearns and David Stearns, and there were like seven people at that very last service, not, I mean, just a little over a year ago. And over, over that time, since we started January 11th, we've averaged 150 people every Sunday morning. Really? Really? Now, it's not, we understand it's not about the numbers, but I mean, God, every number is, is, that represents a person, represents a person that has been created by God in his image. In fact, I know a lot of people say, well, it's not all about the numbers, you know, it's really not important. And I get that, I understand it's not about just counting butts and bucks, right? I get that. But it is also important for us to understand that it, every person that is represented by those numbers is someone who has heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's important for, in fact, 
I love it when people say that because they forget that there's a whole book of the Bible called what? Numbers, right? And he counted people because they're important for us to understand what's going on. And guys, through your generosity that we have been the beneficiary of, just like we have been a beneficiary of the generosity of other churches in our church, you all have been, a, been such a huge, generous blessing to the church in Edgerton, man. I just want to, want to come in this morning and just thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the generosity that you've given us. It's been absolutely astounding, the, the impact of the lives of the community in Edgerton, to the point, guys, that we have, just last week, I, after three months of being open in a church, now, let me, just, let me just say what I'm about to say in context. I, with, I visited with a guy this past, past week that's been in a church in, in kind of the urban area of Kansas City for almost three years. And he said, you know, I keep getting this pressure about when are you going to start being financially viable, financially self-sufficient? After three years, it takes time. Guys, after three months, we are poised, and this is one of the goals that we have, to, we are poised to be financially self-sufficient by the end of next month. Three months. That's, that's unheard of. Guys, don't, don't, don't applaud us in Edgerton. Applaud yourselves as well. Amen? Because you have helped to make this happen. You have, your generosity has helped to make this happen. It has set a culture and a standard that we are continuing in Edgerton. The second thing that we said that we outlined, we're going to serve, love, and show compassion for and disciple our community. I mean, the, the, what we have done in Shawnee, we are carrying on in Edgerton. We have, we have just, just connected so well with the, I mean, just this past weekend, we connected with a school. We helped them do the carnival. We can, I mean, hundreds of people, man, it was crazy. I'm like, whoo, I'm worn out. Like, like they had this, this ring toss, right? I got to tell you a story. This is awesome. This ring toss thing, man. All right, this, they, they were doing this the little, like, set up like two liter bottles. And so every time you bend down, you're like, oh. Like, so like after a couple hundred times, you go walk around going, oh my gosh, I'm worn out, you know? But he got connected with all these people. But there's this one kid, man, she's like 11 years old or whatever. I forget her name, but I think she had a name. Would you remember her name? I can't remember, but, but whatever her name was, I called it the rule because there's this line you had to stay across before you toss the, the, the two liter bottles. There's this line, she goes, I just got to keep my feet behind the line, right? I said, that's right, just keep your feet behind the line. She goes, that's the only rule I got. I said, yep. That's the only rule you got. She goes, just keep my feet behind the line. I said, that's right. She goes, okay. Uh, clink. <laughs> like, go, get your two, go get your prize. You know? Awesome, right? I mean, that is just, that's, that's just fantastic. I love that, man. I love that. But guys, we've done things like, like, like worked with, we're working with a community museum, which I'm going to talk to the curator. You're going to hear from the curator of that museum in, in just a second. We yesterday just yesterday i'm so sore man we've just been working our tails off but it's been great we bless somebody in the community we have a disciple group that that went in and and helped a a business in town you know that was thinking about actually moving out of town because there was some things wrong with their floor and they were having some issues and we helped them rebuild their floor it's actually a a mma training area it's called brick house fitness and you know when you throw people on the floor floor doesn't need to collapse i mean it's kind of kind of a big deal you know so we helped them to do that you know just just bless them with that and we, we, you know, we're, we're working with folks, uh, you know, from the Frontier Days Committee, very similar to kind of like old Shawnee Days is the, in Edgerton, it's Frontier Days, June 19th and 20th, if you want to come out, um, you know, and we're helping those kinds of things. We are serving and loving and showing compassion for and discipling our community. And guys, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine who is the very first person to get 
baptized at the, at the new church. He's a lifelong resident of Edgerton. He grew up in Edgerton, went to, went to school there. Um, is, on, is, the, is the president of the Historical Society for Edgerton. Is a city council member. He's on the Frontier Days Committee. I mean, just, a, just an amazing guy. And he's going to tell you from an Edgertonian's perspective, the impact that New City Church has made. Charlie, trying to give, give Charlie a hand. He's going to come up for a second. Need help, buddy? Gotta make sure. Okay. I'm... Now you said you said. Good to see you, bro. You said that if if you come up, that nobody could throw tomatoes. If they did, take them out of the cans first, right? Yes, I, okay. I would appreciate that. All right. Cool. Can everybody hear me? Okay. Yeah. As Casey said, I've lived in Edgerton all my life. I'm 54 years old. I've seen a lot of changes in Edgerton, uh, good and bad, uh, mostly good. Uh, when I was a child growing up in Edgerton, we had a population of around, it was funny, I'd look on the state map every year, they'd change the map, and our, and our census would be 513 every year for about 10 years. I think that was including all the animals, too. <laughs> and now, with all the changes, a lot of you might have heard of the BNSF Intermodal Facility and LPKC Logistics Park. Yeah, uh, we just opened huge. that up about a year and a half ago. We now have a population of 1,671 people, and that doesn't sound like a lot, but to Edgerton, that's a lot of people. Uh, I cannot even begin to tell you the impact that New City Church has had on our community of Edgerton. Uh, as Casey said, that we had pre-launch services, you know, a week or two here and there uh, last fall, opened up January 11th for good, and it's just been absolutely amazing. He, he told you roughly the numbers that attend every week, but like he said, it's, it's just the attitude, the friendliness. Uh, we all hug each other. We shake hands when we see each other uptown. It's just... It's just so hard to explain and describe what this church has meant to Edgerton. Uh, it's funny. It's one of those things you look back on after you get something. You say, how did I make it? How did we go so long without it? It's something we didn't know we needed or wanted until we had it. And it's just, it's just amazing. And I want to thank Casey and Morgan and Judy, the, the, all three of them coming into to my life and our life. And the church coming into our life in Edgerton has just been just overwhelming can't like i said it of all the changes and things we've had added to edgerton this is right up there believe me right up there with the biggest greatest coolest thing that's ever happened hmm. to our community right. and i just want to thank new city church for all the support and for all the help all the love all the guidance thank you so much on behalf of the community that i love with all my heart right on right on And now I just want to uh, briefly talk about my personal experiences with New City and Edgerton. Uh, as Casey mentioned, on October 19, 2014, I was baptized. Uh, as I said, I'm 54. Yeah, again, this was something I didn't know that I needed and wanted to do. And I was the first person to be baptized at New City Church Edgerton. And I was really nervous that day. I didn't know what, I, what to expect. I didn't know what it was going to be like. I said, I thought to myself, how am I going to feel when, when I come up out of that water? I mean, and. Quit squirming. Yeah. Try. Is that what? Yeah. Casey brings that up. Uh, 
people were saying, hey, I got an idea for a fundraiser as to how long they can keep Charlie under before they... And Casey said, well, I appreciate the thoughts. It's a great idea, but we probably better let him up. Yeah, that's right. And all I told him was, I said, I just hope I don't leave a ring in, in the tub. <laughs> because there's a lot of, of stuff coming out of me there. So, uh, See those bubbles? That's actually boiling water. <sighs> wow. So Steamy. Casey and Pastor Adam Shuey baptized me that Sunday. And when I came up out of that water... It was the greatest, most awesome feeling in the whole world. And it was like 10 million pounds had been lifted off of my shoulders. Uh, and I have Casey and New City Church to thank for that because if it wasn't for, for that church, this wouldn't have happened. It's changed my life. I feel like I'm a stronger person now. Uh, I, I've always been very emotional, but now I know that it's okay to go hug my friends and tell them I love them and because that's what we're all about at New City. And, and again, just thank you all so much for all your help. And Casey, thank you for New City Church. And they have done so much for our community. Uh, they've helped it. I, I run the Edgerton Museum that I just love. I love history. And they have landscaped at our museum so and done all kinds of hard work around the town. And again, on behalf of our community and on behalf of myself, thank you and thank you, New City Church. Wow. Rock and roll. Love you, Charlie. Love you. Love you, man. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, Charlie, very much, man. We, uh, you know, we need, we need more of this. We need more of this. There are, there are too many communities, frankly, that are hurting so badly that um, we need to help some other communities do this very same thing. Amen. So as a, I mean, we talking about being financially independent or financially self-sustaining after next month, we're talking about discipling and loving our community, but the most crazy thing after a three month old church to start be talking about planting another church out of our church in Edgerton. That's, that's nuts, man. You know, I mean, people are like, wait a minute, we just got here. All right. I, I know, but it's a big kingdom. We're, our vision is not to build a huge church in one corner where everybody comes. Our vision is to plant churches all over Kansas City or wherever God takes us and saturate this, this city for the gospel. Guys, where we are positioned historically is an amazing thing. We're positioned in the most influential country in the entire history of the world, and we're situated in a cosmopolitan area directly in the center of that, that country. Guys, everybody in the world, even the most remote villages many times, know who our president is, know even who Elvis Presley is. Guys, and we have an opportunity to not only be in the cosmopolitan downtown areas, but also be in the outskirts like we are in Edgerton, the, the smaller towns, man. Don't forget about this. These, these places need our community. So we are wanting to be prepared if God opens that door prepare financially, spiritually, and everywhere, everywhere else from our campus in Edgerton to go help plant another church. That's insane. But that's God, right? God's a big God we serve. Because here's the deal, man. Because in a small town, many times people will, will say, well, you know, really, we're in a small town. And, and not, but didn't Jesus Christ come from a small town? Did he not? I don't hear any answers. I, I, I want you to, I mean, I, I'm kind of a teacher at heart, you know, so when I ask questions, I kind of like answers, you know. I mean, it's kind of weird, but, but do you understand what I'm saying here? 
I mean, they even said, hey, can anything good come from Nazareth? And when we went door to door to the community and talked to as many people as we possibly could, there many we had somebody honestly say, well, we just feel like we're the sort of the, 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 the I don't know, the outskirts of, of the rest of Johnson County. We're just like the nobodies. We're just like, I mean, I, I'm like, are you kidding me? And all of a sudden, we got all these people coming to the church. In fact, not just coming to the church from Edgerton, but we got people coming from Baldwin City and Gardner and uh, uh, Paola and, and, and Wellsville and, and Ottawa. And we're like, what, what, where are you guys coming from? Oh, we heard about from so-and-so, so-and-so. I mean, guys, people are coming to Edgerton now. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. Because... There is something about a small town and there's something about the lowly, if you will, from the rest of the societies, not in God's eyes, but I mean, from the rest of the society, our culture, the lowly. There's something about the, the lowly, the small, the what quote unquote insignificant that God, something, something really pleases God about this, about this kind of person. Remember, he says, for the lowly, I will rise. And, and it, Jesus himself said himself from the, from the, from the, Sermon on the Mount, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the humble, blessed are the meek, right? I mean, the, he, God really loves this kind of people. And in Mark 12, thir, uh, 12 and 13, there's something significant about a, a very lowly person from a society standpoint. It's an amazing thing. To set the stage for what I'm going to talk about, Jesus is teaching in the temple. And, you know, if you know, Jesus taught us about some very heavy topics and things like that. If we, we would have to go to basically a seminary class to get some of these topics that he's talking about. But he talked about things like the greatest commandment. He talked about things like marriage in heaven. And he talked about things like paying taxes and the destruction of the temple and uh, who the Messiah is, right? He, it's him. And, and he talked about the signs of the end of the age, signs of the end of the world. I mean, the persecution of the disciples. He starts talking about that. And he's talking about even when the Son of Man comes back, he starts talking about those kinds of things. Mark 12 and 13 are just chock full of different things. I mean, people have big, great, deep, theological, doctrinal questions that you're looking at. And you're going, wow, man, he is teaching something like deep to these guys. And in, in, in verse 38, Mark 12, verse 38, he says this. He says, in his teaching, Jesus also said, watch out for the experts in the law. They like walking around in long robes and elaborate, elaborate greetings in the marketplaces, in the best seats in the synagogues, and the places of honor at banquets. They devour a widow's property and as a show, make long prayers. These men will receive a more severe punishment. Guys, I want to just, just, just think about what Jesus is saying here. How many of us have said, well, you know, I don't really want to go to church, and I don't want to really want to tithe, and I really don't really want to give, and I really don't want to be generous, because, you know, oh, those, those church people, man, they're just, just like greedy, man. They just want to get all this kind of money. They just want to get, you know what? If we could honestly introduce people to the real Jesus, you would realize that Jesus felt the same way you do. And I'll be honest with you as well. I'm, this is church. We ain't supposed to lie. So I'm just going to tell you. We need to understand this. That the church has this reputation in America. Probably for a good reason. But here's the rub. Just because the men of this country in churches. Have misrepresented who Jesus is. And misappropriated funds. Does not mean that that means that we have an excuse to not be generous. Because Jesus felt the same way. I think if we could really introduce people to Jesus, they'd be like, man, me, me and Jesus should hang out. Right? I mean, me, we, me and Jesus kind of get along. I mean, he feels the same way I do about these 
a religious elite people that all they care about is their own glory and getting the best seats and the you know hey man look who look who I am and wanting to get like private jets for sixty million dollars. Come on, man, really? I mean, I get it, but that means that means Jesus feels the same way you do. And look what he says right after that. Verse forty one. He says. Then he sat down opposite the offering box and watched the crowd putting coins into it. A little bit of history here, too. Kind of set the scene. They, they, they gave in this thing called a trumpet. It was a big metal bin that basically made a lot of sound when you put coins into it. So, so the people would come by, and if you put a lot of coins, they could walk by going, you see what I did, yo, right? right? The public, go, public showing, public giving. It's kind of like somebody walking around, I got $1,000 I'm going to put in a bucket, right? Right here. Woo. Just want to let everybody know. Right? Whoosh. So he says he watched the crowd putting coins into it. Many rich people were throwing in large amounts and, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins. Right? And here's this widow. Tap, tap. Kind of set the scene. Here's where we're going. Poor widow came in and put two small copper coins worth less, worth less than a penny. He called his disciples and said to them, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the offering box than all the others. For they all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in what she had to live on. Everything she had. Guys, this is an amazing thing. You think about this. In the context of talking about the greatest commandment and the coming of the son of the man and the destruction of the temple and the, and the, the who's the Messiah and divorce and marriage and all that paying taxes, all the different things that Jesus is teaching on. Something made him pull his disciples aside and say, fellas, I got some real teaching for you right here. Check this out. See her? That's what I'm talking about. That's who I love. That's what I mean. That is what I'm talking about, gents. You want to learn what it means to be godly? Look at her. And then he goes back to teaching. Something about this giving made him stop everything in his tracks. And say, that's what I'm talking about. Wow. The more unlikely the giver, the more impressive the gift. Amen? Giving is an act of worship. It is not an act of show. It is, a, it is truly an act of an outward expression of an inward generosity that only God can create. So we impress, we can impress the Joneses, or we can impress Jesus, but we can't do both. If that's our focus is to impress other people, we can't be impressing Jesus because all of a sudden we have something in front of us, right? Jesus said there will be no other gods before me including our money. Generosity, New City Church, is a matter of the heart. Second Corinthians 9, 6-10, Paul is writing to a you know, pretty jacked up church here, and he says, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each one of you should give just as he has decided in his what? Not in his bank account, but in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion because... Say this with me, New City Church. God loves a what? Cheerful giver, man. Look at that widow. Guys, fellas, check it out. That's what I mean. 
when we don't have enough, when we don't have sufficient, when we think, I can't do this, I can't, it doesn't matter. It's a matter of the heart. You guys know my wife and I, and we've made it very public. We're not, you know, we, we tell people, I tell people from the pulpit all the time, and we have, we have been devastated financially over the last 10 years. We lost well over a million dollars. I think it's like 1.3 or something. I don't even quit count. I don't care. In the real estate, when all the real estate stuff crashed and everything, one property after another, it's just dominoes. You ever read Dave Ramsey's story? Yeah, right? About that hap- yeah, that happened to us. All right? I'm not saying we did everything right or I did everything right and everything like that. And just, but man, when that market crashed, it's like wham, 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 wham. So it was a lot of opportunity for me to go, why God? Right? Now I got nothing to give back to you, right? And I wasn't generous in the first place, right? So what we have to do, no matter what we have, no matter where we are, our idea, our generosity must come from the heart that is within us that totally, completely belongs to God. God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that because you have enough of everything, In every way, at all times, you will overflow in every good work. Just as it is written, he has scattered widely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. Now God, who provides the seed for the sower and bread for the food, will provide and multiply your supply of seed and will cause the harvest of your righteousness to grow. Because we got to know this about generosity, New City. Everything belongs to God. Including, quote, our money. It ain't our money. It ain't ours. It's all his. Everything that he has belongs to him. And he allows us to keep, use, and enjoy almost all of it. What a generous God, right? When we start thinking about it in that perspective. Because I'm going to finish without a Philippians when Paul writes to the church of Philippi. This is a beautiful picture of what generosity means and what new city church here in shawnee what the churches that have supported us and all have done but listen to what paul says in philippians starting in chapter 4 verse 10 he says i have great joy in the lord because now at last you have again expressed your concern for me now i know that i know you were concerned before but had no opportunity to do anything i I am not saying this because i am in need for i have say that word i have what Learned. I mean, he did not know this before. I mean, he had to learn this. I have learned to be content in any circumstance. I have experienced times of need and times of abundance. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of contentment. Whether I go satisfied or hungry, have plenty or nothing, I am able to do all things through the one who strengthens me. What a misused verse that so many people think they can just do stuff that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, man. Can you can you be without and still give him glory? Can you can you be like lose a bunch of money, owe a lot of money through your fault or not your fault, doesn't really matter. Can you can you honestly say that you are generous towards who God is? Towards God, do you have a generous heart that is a result of a Holy Spirit-filled life. Nevertheless, you did well to share with me in my trouble. And as you Philippians know, at the beginning of my gospel ministry, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in this matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, on more than one occasion, you sent something for my need. 
I, did not, I do not say this because I'm seeking a gift. Rather, I seek the credit that abounds to your account. For I have received everything, and I have plenty. I have all I need because I received from Epaphroditus what you sent. A fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, very pleasing to who? God. And my God will supply your every need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. May glory be given to God our Father forever and ever. And all New City Church said, we can't give out of a sense of duty. Well, it's time for giving, I guess. Oh. We don't give out of a sense of a we, we don't give an, out of an identity rooted in mere obedience. Well, the Bible says 10%. Because I'll give. We don't give because we're trying to hit the 10% mark. New City Church, we give and you have given. And I thank you for that gift. Much like Paul thanked the church in Philippi. We give because our identity is in Christ who gave us everything. Amen? Guys, you have some commitment cards in your bulletins. And, you know, I'm not asking you to turn anything in or spill anything out or anything like that. But I want you to be praying about these things. We're going to be collecting those you know, in, uh, in a few weeks. Matt, will, Matt and Chris and everybody will talk about more of that stuff. But prayerfully consider where your heart is more than anything else. I'm not trying to tug at your heartstrings to get money. I promise you that. Guys, I'm trying to challenge us to be like God who gave us everything and is and owns everything and lets us keep almost everything that we take in. It's incredible. Are we like God or are we like the world? Father, we thank you for today. Thank you what you have done us. Thank you, Lord, for this generous, amazing, incredible church. Thank you for the opportunities you have given us to go and bless and honestly and disciple and love and, and, and serve the city of Edgerton. And as we, Lord, are generous to the city of Edgerton through Shawnee, may the city of Edgerton and the Shawnee campus be generous toward the next community that we serve. And so on, and so on, and so on, until you come back. Send your son's awesome, amazing, powerful, more name. All New City Church says, 